Adam, I'm trying to grapple with something right now. What are now. you grappling with, Bobo? And I think that you're a good person to ask their perspective yeah, on. Yeah, I got a good, interesting perspective on things. I don't dislike children. I don't. I don't dislike children. Okay. Okay? When you say it like that, it, it, it makes me think the next statement's going to say you don't like children for some reason. But. There you go. There it is. I don't have the biological responses that someone like, say, a parent would have. Because you haven't had a kid. That's correct. That's what happens. It's like once you have a child, like your biological impulses take over in a way that you never would have thought happening before. Yes. I can say that from experience. Yes. And that's why I think uh, a lot of people have multiple children is because it's like a drug, right? It's like the high of having this little thing that's dependent on you. Yeah. And then once you get to a certain age, you're like, oh, fuck this thing. That sounds very ironic. Yeah. It's just like drugs. It's like a drug addiction. Life. Yeah. It's life is what life, it is. Life, love, kids. Giving life. It's all addiction. Okay, that's great. Uh-huh. Kids are addiction. Right. Chasing that oxytocin dragon. That's true. They're chasing the high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you buy some buy some Zoloft in a condom. It'll do you wonders. This sounds like it's a <laughs> About to uh, dwindle into a conversation about eugenics, yeah. so I'm going to halt that right now. And Wait, go back was that to where we were going? No, it's, it sounded like s- it could have. Though. I got a lot to say about that. Okay, that's enough. Okay. That's enough. Adam. Okay. So you have kids. I don't have kids. I, I was at the. Gro- I have kid. You have kid. Yeah. Okay. I was at the grocery store. But I'm open to more ladies. Last week. Uh huh. And uh, it's one of it's the local grocery store that everyone goes to. H E B. Yes, but it's like one of the locations that's always a fucking panic attack. For right, right. That's H-E-B is a grocery store here in Texas. I went into the store. H-E-B on William Cannon stands 35. For, stands for Harry Elephant Butts. William Cannon 35, I know that one. Oh, that's a bad one. Yeah, well, it's fine, but it's always very crowded and very inefficient, and, right. and you're always standing in line. Yeah. You know what I always say when I go to that H-E-B? I'm so glad we do this podcast um, to talk about grocery trips. Don't make any other plans that day, you know, because you're going to be in there a while. Is that what you say? That's what I say to myself. Is that what you say to your wife? It's like a, it's like an inside joke with you and Sarah? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's She thinks it's hilarious. And you can't have kids, but you can act like an old fogey. Listen, okay, so I'm at H-E-B. It's like 5 o'clock right after work. I'm, get, uh, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting dinner. For the night. Right. There is a family of children. Just the children? Well, there's one lady. <coughs> Probably a mother. Maybe two. Maybe two ladies. And an aunt. An aunt. Um, the grocery cart mm-hmm. has clearly more children than it does food in it. Okay. And each one of those children had been given a plush bone with a squeaky toy in it. So they gave them dog toys. Yes. They all had dog toys. Right. And they are all just like. Having happy, a party with them. Clams. How old were the kids? Probably uh, toddler up to about six or seven. Dude, I had my gro- kid in the grocery store the other day, and he fucking begged me to buy him a dog toy because he thought it was cool. I'm not even jarred at the at the dog toy situation. Uh-huh. That's like, yeah, that's kind of weird. It, dog toys, kids toys, they're very similar. Yeah. This one was clearly a dog Dogs toy because it was in the shape of similar. a bone. Or maybe it's like future murderer toys. Maybe the kid wants to be an archaeologist. Maybe the kid thinks it's a dinosaur. But kids have imagination, Bobby. You had one of those once. But the point that Think I back. cannot, the point that I cannot empathize with, uh-huh. is these children, right, squeaking the toy. We're squeaking the dog toy uh-huh. through the like. It did not matter where you were in the store. Right. You could hear that, and I'm like coming off work. I don't even like to talk to oh people for 45 God. minutes after work. I'm 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 grocery shopping. I'm hearing the squeaking toy. Yeah. I'm I'm about to lose it. You know, you really sound like the kind of person that um is is just like, "Oh, hey, my life is so important that I can't be bothered by 
anything going on in somebody else's. If, if you're making a noise that I don't find nice, then I don't like your existence. It's a really self-centered way of looking at things. Wrong. All wrong. I kind wrong. of pity you. Everything you just said is clearly erroneous. Okay. Because I acknowledge that that person's life with all the kids mm-hmm. is arguably much more valuable than mine because they have kids. It's not about value. Listen, it's different. Okay. But you just said that it's a self it's a selfish thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's what I'm I'm trying to work past this with you right now. Okay, okay, I'm okay. trying to Let's find talk out. out. Let's talk it out about it. I'm talking it out. Let's unpack this. <laughs> I acknowledge that their life is just as valuable, if not more than mine. More sure. important because they're raising multiple future citizens of the of the earth. Thank God. But it's it was involuntary that I the, that I reacted the way I did. It was just disgust. Yeah, I, it's not like it was a conscious choice. Mm-hmm. I was clearly like annoyed by it. Yeah, because I couldn't. I was like, that is so inconsiderate. See, my whole thing would be like, because I'm a parent, I'd be like, oh, I can't slap those kids. But you un- you understand though. Sure, kids it kept them occupied. Yeah, it keeps them it keeps them occupied. And once you're a parent, Bobby, like stuff like that, you just kind of zone it out. It just kind of goes in the background, like you don't even notice it anymore. Yeah, there's so much shit you don't even notice. Oh, I know. Yeah, like I forget my kids there half the time. And I mean, I, he's talking to me, but I'm just like, Ugh. no, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> No, yeah. I mean, I, I think on some level that you are playing, but... It, it's easier to zone out the this constant background noise of weird chirping and you, squeaking. you got to do two things, and Crying. I'm not even a parent, but this is what you got to do. Pleading. you got to read to them. Mm-hmm. You have to. There's like data that shows you must read to your children or they will be slow. Okay. Have you read to your kid today? No. Mm-hmm. And you have to answer their questions when they ask my kid reads to me now you're going all fucking dr spock like you know fucking better like you fucking know but i read an article on the internet that says you gotta read to your kids i know better than you adam i'm not saying i know better than you yeah you, you know what you have a kid and then read to them all the time all right talk to me about that then i'm trying to say that i admire it my son reads to me now and it blows my mind because he can sit there and like sound out a word and it's it's amazing see i have i have I can't relate to anything you just said. Then why are you talking about this because shit, Bobby? Because I'm curious. I just say something like, I can't relate. What no, the fuck is the point no, of this conversation? that's the point. I can't relate to it because I don't have kids. I'm just like, oh, that was a great... That's neat. When are you going to have um, kids? When are you going to knock up your old lady? Listen, that's not what we're talking about. So I, I'm just trying to get a, a, a perspective from the other side of someone that can understand the situation. Okay, so here's kind of how I look at it. I'm a telemarketer, and I've been a telemarketer for a long time. And uh, one of the things I've always thoroughly enjoyed, valued, and loved about my job is the fact that I'll have conversations on the phone very quick, very random interactions with somebody else's life. And in that time, they get pissed. They get really pissed. Why? Just because they hate telemarketers. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it commands a response from them, a negative response where they're pissy and they get mad and they yell and they try to do something that they think is like, cool, I told that guy. And then they hang up. And I think to myself... I'm just going to call some other asshole, and that guy's pissed off. He's pissed off now, and I'm fine. So now, in that aspect, with this, like, if I'm walking around HEB, and my kid's just honking a, a dog's toy, like, for me, at this point in my life, I can just zone it out. And there's a lot of parents out there that can zone it out, too. But then I think to myself sometimes about the guy like you, who hears that, is like, God, it's annoyed. And I'm like, inside, I'm just like, <laughs> that's my kid fucking bothering your life. It's great. It's great. You should have a kid. That is a profound uh-huh. cross-section of your personality mm. and your being. It is true. Pissing people off, it just makes me so happy.
Hey, you know where we're at now? We're at episode 34 of... Not for everyone. It's not for, for everyone. So it's 34, huh? We got another 19... We got... Let me take that again. Let's do that again. Take it from the top. We got another 1988 or 1988. Wait, what? Isn't this 1988? The Blob. Did you watch it today? Did you watch it yesterday? What do, you, what do you mean? I watched it with the boys last night. I watched it with Bill and Rob, the Trump car guys. The 1988? No, it's Steve McQueen. The 1958 one, right? Are you, are you fucking serious, are you, Bobby? Shut the... F- Come on. Oh, we got you so good, oh, listeners. We got you so good. Uh, we both watched the 1988 one. We watched the 1988 one. Um, but more on that later. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. I have not seen Solo yet. Have you seen no, Solo No, 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 no. I have not seen Solo. I, I, I heard, okay, a buddy of mine, uh, my, my boss, had a good conversation, Eric and I, and he was saying that he saw it, and he felt that every 15 minutes, the movie got better. Hmm. And it started out, and he's like, "Oh fuck, Real, oh, they're they're doing what I th- figured they were gonna do." So it's like the reverse of episode one. Did it start out good either? You thought it did at the time. You know what? Like it's Star Wars; it has to be good, and yeah. then you slowly decline and realize. No, 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 man! But it's the opposite of that. When you think of it from like logical eyes, uh huh. The fucking trail, the the crawl. When you read the crawl, you're like, a fucking trade embargo, like. The last one starts with the Galactic Empire conquers the fucking universe, and Luke Skywalker has to save the day. And this one's like, this is like a, 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 a transcript a, of a NATO meeting. Yeah, I don't fucking know what the fuck they're talking about. I don't care about trade embargoes. Okay, Solo. Yeah, so I I haven't seen it, but I heard it gets better as it goes. Um, you know what 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 my buddy was hoping, and what I was hoping, is that the movie would start with like Chewie and Han. Just back to back in a gunfight. No, they're gonna show them like meeting and. Yeah, stuff. they got to do the fucking horseshit origin, origin stuff. Origin stuff, yeah. Let's show where they were Han and Chewie meet, and let's show how they got the Millennium Falcon. Let's show the castle run. That that what you just said wasn't even. I, I guarantee it wasn't even said in the original meeting for this movie. It was just like already done. assumed. It was, it was assumed they knew. It was all like, already assumed. Obviously, we're gonna show uh, Chewie but, um, and Han meet. Obviously, we're gonna show the castle run. I mean, it's the castle run. What's right. up, Arsac? <laughs> So, like a like a fat, asthmatic, nerdy Pavlovian dog. Asthmatic. Asthmatic. Okay. I purchased tickets to see Solo like right when they went on sale. I actually didn't. And then the day of, probably about four hours before the showing, I was just like, you know what? I can't. I can't. Right. I, I'll go see it. Don't get me wrong. Wait. Wait a second. So you had no reason to not go? Well, I do actually. Oh, did you go to Home Depot? One, I started, I had a moment of clarity. Were you and Sarah having wine? There's three reasons actually. Okay. One, moment of clarity that I was like, I don't want to, I'm not expecting much from this. Why am I in a hurry to see it? Sure. And I'm sure it's fine. It's mediocre reviews. It's fine. I'm going to go see it. Yeah. So there's one. It's Star Wars. Two. I couldn't find anyone to go with me, so I leaned on my wife to go, who could care less one way or it's the other. It's funny. I never it. got a text about that. She could care less about it one way or the other. You don't ask me, Bobby? I, I assume you're not available. <laughs> you um, and then I started thinking about that. I was like, it's hard enough to get her to go see, like, schlocky or, like, much less fucking Star Wars. Non-brainy right? movies. And I was like, if it's not good, she's never going to want to go with me again to those son of movies. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And then third, we had to have the exterminator come yesterday, so I had to clear out all the 
all the cabinets. Yeah, I knew there was some Home Depot shit. Yeah, going there on. was some Home Depot yeah, shit going yeah. on. I had to clear all the cabinets so they could put powder down to kill the German cockroaches in my house. German? That uh, they said they said they come in through cardboard boxes oh. or through uh, uh, alcoholic single fathers. So I don't know which one it was. <laughs> I don't know which one it was. Uh, I didn't bring them with me. I didn't bring them. <laughs> with me. My pockets. I got pockets full of cockroaches. So uh, yeah, man. When I was talking to talking to my boss about the uh, about the Star Wars movies, and we were saying, you know, he agreed because I saw Deadpool. He saw Deadpool. Mm-hmm. I like Deadpool too, but it didn't it didn't hold up to Infinity War. Like as far as I'm concerned, Infinity War is one of the best movies I've seen in years. And the reason is it's the culmination of fucking almost twenty fucking Marvel movies. And you know how big I am in the Marvel shit. And he's like, well, why can't Star Wars do that? You know, like Star Wars has enough fucking history they can make these good movies. And I thought about it. I'm like, you know, you think that. But Star Wars has only been around since like 77. It had three good movies. There's not much left to do with Star Wars that wouldn't be offensive to hardcore fans. There's a ton of stuff to do, but they want to stay in the same fucking characters. They want to fucking make an Obi-Wan movie. They want to make a Bubba Fett movie. You know, instead of like... It's safe to do that. And when you tried something different with the prequels and everyone hated it. Anything they do that's outside of the realm of Jedis or the smugglers and shit that we know, Mm -hmm. it's unknown territory. Right. Now, Marvel, on the other hand, has fucking 60, 70 years worth of comic books, thousands of characters with pre-made stories ready to go, you know? So they have a much bigger fucking... I remember when, uh, when Star Wars got built, or Lucasfilm got bought by Disney, George Lucas is like, we have more characters than marvel does it's like dude you've written down names oh yeah the uh the extended the, universe the, uh, the diner owner in uh yeah, yeah. On, on coruscant oh, or whatever that was Jax, that attack of the clones Jax, Dax, Dax yeah, let's, the let's get a let's get a standalone oh, movie with that, that guy fucking guy but marvel has so much we'll shit get, to go back we'll get on john goodman to play him he pr- was it john goodman <laughs> now that i think about it, like, was it john goodman no, voicing no, no. that fucking thing so yeah you know they they have to stay safe they have to stay with shit that we already know where i think that star wars is doing really good is in the animated field because star wars clone wars that show the animated show it redeemed anakin skywalker and obi-wan kenobi to me because but- anakin and obi-wan from that show are fucking badass general soldier motherfuckers doing shit but here's the difference between marvel say something like the marvel universe and the star wars universe yeah star wars is sacred ground from a cinematic standpoint yeah it's not this expansive universe that george likes lucas likes to claim it to be uh marvel actually is Is and on top of that at this point in history Mm -hmm. marvel fans will take anything because we went decades marvel's been huge since what the 40s or 50s Yeah, yeah yeah We went decades without anything decent from them. Movie-wise, yeah. Right? So I think that Marvel fans are just like, we'll take what we can get, and the fact that these are good is icing on the cake. Well, yeah. Now, I will say, if you think that like Infinity War is one of the greatest movies you've ever seen, um, yeah, I don't think you've seen good movies. Eat a fucking dick, Bobby. (laughs) I've seen more movies than you, puto. (laughs) Yeah, shitty ones. (sighs) Jesus. So listen, okay, here's the thing about Marvel. It was fine. As you were just saying, what the Marvel Cinematic Universe started on was fucking Iron Man. And Iron Man was a B fucking list Avenger. I mean, he was an A list Avenger, but the Avengers were never like super huge like they are now. Well, they had yeah. to test the waters. I think they were never Batman. The Avengers but, were never Batman. Batman's right. always been big. But Spider Man's been big in eighty nine. Yeah, yeah, Spider Man's been big. But in eighty nine, if you're like, we're going to make an Avengers movie, he'd be like, yeah, okay. Well, it w- that would have been super ambitious to do that. But anyway they made a Batman time. movie. and It was amazing. Yeah, but the Avengers is different because it's like multiple characters, multiple powers. Nobody, You'd have to do huge special nobody effects. Nobody knew they could make the fucking move, the MCU. Nobody knew that could even be done. You can make a good Batman movie without like crazy visuals pretty sure. easily. Right. 
the Avengers or the Fantastic Four was always like some cosmic monster yeah. coming down. You know what I mean? That's why Batman's so easy because he's just a dude. And all you gotta do is have good characters and yeah. and some decent effects and gadgets. Like gadgets are easy to make. Batman is the greatest comic yeah. book Super character oh, yeah. of all time. Ever, ever. Batman For hands, so many reasons. Hands down, holds the fucking crown. Yeah. And yeah. But anyway, I don't wanna I don't wanna talk if, about listen, it. Listen, if I had the superpower of rich, I'd totally be Batman. But I'd probably use my powers for evil. And he's actually like a very interesting character. Yeah. And so is so is his villains as well. Mm-hmm. Like the Joker's easily my favorite villain of all time. I've based my life on the teachings of the Joker. Right. You know that. Do you have anything else to comment on Star Wars that you haven't seen? That I haven't seen? No, I guess that's I guess I'll close the solo book out there until you watch it. Okay, so we started a new segment last episode that we? we stole from our friends in the UK. Welcome to horror. Hey guys. Hashtag Ask not for everyone. Ask us a question. Now, we got a few responses, and this is great because we can only come up with so much BS to riff about before we talk about the actual Dude, movie. Dude, you say that. I can bullshit forever. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to segue with here. With you, Bobby. With you, I can. So we got a couple responses, which uh-huh. is great. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks, listeners. Um, we're going to spread them out, though, because I think we might go on too many tangents. So mm-hmm. here's the first one from Lee from Welcome to Horror. This is the first one we got. Um, we did, we're doing it in chronological order. Chronological. Um, I don't have the exact verbiage Well, here. what the fuck, dude? <laughs> don't set it up. You fucking do this build up. You don't even have it pulled up on your phone? Sorry, I Lee. know the general question. I just want to ask it verbatim. What are your favorite... Hold on. Let me start over. Oh, Jesus. Hashtag ask not for everyone. <laughs> See how I plugged it in there uh-huh, subliminally? Uh-huh. I love plugging it in <laughs> subliminally. What are your favorite guilty pleasure movies, which you love, but would feel mildly embarrassed to admit to? It's a tough question, because I don't really feel embarrassment. I was going to say that, too. Here's my thing on, on guilty pleasures. Uh-huh. I don't believe in it. Right. Just own it. That'd be like if I, what I would think like would be a guilty pleasure if I like admitted I liked Friends, the show, and I've like watched most of the episodes of Friends because of ex-girlfriends. It's a good question, though. Right. It's a great question. It's a great question. So, guilty pleasures. I guess my, um, and, and I, I, again, I don't feel guilty about it. I have more music guilty pleasures than movies. Yeah, I've been, I found myself dancing to Justin Timberlake recently. It's very disturbing. I think mine would, well, he's, ta- he's just pure talent. <laughs> Jay too. I think mine would mostly be like probably 90s kids movies like Mighty Ducks. Yeah, like, Even that's just like nostalgia. I mean, that's forgivable. It's not embarrassing. One of my favorite movies, mm-hmm. and this is a movie that is, Aimed at children between the age of like three and nine. Um, but I watched it long before I had a child. Is Ponyo, which is a, a Hayao Miyazaki a Studio Ghibli film. Studio Ghibli is famous. I'm a, lo- a huge Studio Ghibli fan. Yeah, but that's like a that's a brainy kids movie. Like, it's good. If, have you seen Ponyo? Yeah. It's adorable. But it's a good movie. I, I watch it because it, it's so cute and it makes me happy because it's so cute. And, you know, maybe I should feel embarrassed about that. Okay, I got one. Let's hear it. Um, ni- early 90s-ish, 94-ish, I want to say. Go watch Ponyo. It's got Liam Neeson. Early 90s-ish? 94-ish. Um, forgotten little gem of a rom-com starring Billy Crystal and Deborah Winger called Forget Paris. I don't think I've ever seen I just that. thought in my head to play the trailer right there for Forget Paris, but I decided <laughs> not to do that. Do it. Do it. Uh, it's about a couple that listeners. meets in Paris and then uh, uh, then they go back to the States and uh, it's a it's a lovely little rom-com that you can watch with your your, your special someone. <sighs> it's just, 
Yeah, that sounds great. So the only and I was thinking like <laughs> if I liked a rom com, be like okay, that'd be a guilty pleasure. And the only one I can think of that I liked was uh, Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds. Terrible. And Anna Faris. Terrible movie. Anna Faris is hilarious. That chick cracks me up. I, everything I see with her, it just makes me laugh. Oh, really? Did you see the new uh, Overboard? Is she in that? Yeah, she plays Kurt Russell's character. She plays Goldie? <laughs> no, they flipped it. She plays Kurt? They, yeah. Anna Faris as Anna Kurt Faris Russell? Anna as Kurt Russell. This is kind of changing my opinion on the new Overboard movie. No, um... I like that Just Friends movie, and it's Ryan Reynolds, and it's Anna Faris, and I, lo- I, I every time I see it, I laugh my ass off. It's an awful, awful movie. There you go. Yeah, so There's, that wins. I guess I'm embarrassed because you don't like it, but you know what? I don't care if I offend you or embarrassed by you. Yeah, that's that's my point. I mean, look at your beard. It's pretty uh, weak these days. <laughs> it is. Um, go back to Lemmy. <clears throat> my face is too fat now. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't have much as far as that goes. Like, There's a few... 90s kids movies. Uh, you like Full House. It's not a movie, but it's a TV I guess show. TV, like, I'm a, I do love Saved by the Bell. Ugh. I love Saved by the Bell far Ugh. more than Full House, Adam. Ugh. But you should be embarrassed for watching either of those things. I see I'm not, though. <laughs> um, and then as, as far as music goes, I'll come out and say that I am a Bon Jovi fan. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm not, I'm not, a sh- I'm not uh, a proud of it. Going down. In a blaze of glory. The Young Guns song. 2 soundtrack yeah, is dude. fucking awesome. I will give props to Bon Jovi for Young Guns 2 <laughs> all day. I feel just, no just embarrassment. that album. No shit. They had like one hit you off know, of that album. John Bon Jovi was in Young Guns 2. He was one of the prisoners when they were breaking out. And he's like, you see him like yep. grabbing at the camera. He's dressed like an Indian or something. I thought Young Guns 2 was decent. It's a great movie. It's a good movie. I love the first Young, Young Guns, Guns movies. Great. I love the Young Guns I love movies. 90s westerns a lot. Yeah, Tombstone. Yeah, yeah 90s Unforgiven. westerns. Unforg- oh, jeez. We are- need to watch some westerns, Bobby. Yeah. Um, we need to podcast some westerns. Wild Wild West. Quick and the Dead with Sharon Stone and Leonardo DiCaprio. Directed by... Uh, it's someone Sam like Raimi. Sam Raimi? Yeah, yeah. Sam Raimi. Anyway. They even had the, uh, they had the car from, the, uh, from Evil Dead in it, under a tarp. So good question, Lee. Um, I, that's all I can really come up with because, again, I, don't, I, I think I want to put this out there to everyone. Like, just like what you like and I'm, own it. I'm going to say Ponyo is my embarrassing one because when you see it, you're going to feel so just giggly inside that you'll be embarrassed too. Let's go to the news. Let's go to the news. <sighs> now, Adam. Yo. We've had a little bit of a motif with the news lately. Okay. A lot of animal news these days. We had the bear last week. Yep. I think that's it. Bigfoot's an animal. Ohio man calls police on pig following him home. (laughs) Adam, have you been in Ohio lately? (laughs) I saw that. Just because I'm a wear pig, you can't give me all all this stuff. Short article. Love it. Brevity's the soul of wit. A man in Ohio realized the downside of bringing home the bacon. (laughs) This guy's hilarious. When the pig wouldn't stop following him on his way home early Saturday morning. Police in Elyria, Ohio, say they thought the unidentified man must have been drunk or hallucinating when he called for backup after failing to shake the swine. (laughs) I love this guy. The North Ridgeville Police Department said they received the call at 526 a.m. Saturday morning. Upon arrival, they discovered the man, who was totally sober but still being followed by the pig, near the city's Amtrak station. An officer loaded the pig into its police cruiser and eventually returned it to its owner. A department spokesman told CBS News the pig's name was Zoe. 
Also, we will mention the irony of the pig in a police car. Now, so that anyone out there thinks they're funny is actually unoriginal and trying too hard, the department said in a Facebook post. <laughs> that department's hilarious, too. They are funny. Now, if I would just tell you, if I was to ask you, a man was followed home by a pig and he called the police. Right. What state do you think that was in? Ohio? Yep. You know, Even though we already read that in the headline. Yeah, so. exactly. So here's the thing. And, and I read this article the other day. There is more to the story. Here, here's what I found amazing. What the news, the, uh, the police said in their Facebook post, well, hey, at least it wasn't a kangaroo this time. Now, when you go down that rabbit hole, uh-huh. apparently in this same town in Ohio, the police had been called before because somebody had a kangaroo trying to attack them. I shit you not. I think Ohio has similar laws with exotic animals as Texas does. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Ohio or was it Indiana where the the uh, all the there's I think there's like a documentary about it where all the exotic like African animals like escaped. I don't know what I'm trying to think of. I don't know if I know that story. But anyway, so this town obviously has a lot of um, animals that break out, right? On the loose. They don't believe in fences. Yeah. And I mean, I guess it's cool to have a fucking pig or to have a fucking uh, a, a, a kangaroo just hopping around your backyard. Hey, as long as you got the right permits, you're golden, right? Yep. Yep. It's a crazy world we live in, especially if you live in a I thought that was cute. But what do you think the motivation of the pig was? Is he being abused at home? Does he want to escape <laughs> the slaughterhouse? Does he want to escape the uh, uh, burlesque house in Ohio? The Ohio burlesque house where you go to fuck animals? You know what I'm talking about? a real place you know that i am like partner in a burlesque show production company right oh oh so so using the term burlesque i mean if you want to say brothel brothel that's what i meant i meant to say brothel animal fuck house I, sure cool. i meant to say brothel don't be bringing burlesque into it i'm thinking about a pig like in a little little slutty outfit shaking its stuff that's hilarious it's hot so uh but what, what do you think the motivation of the pig was was he just a sweet pig that wanted a friend it may well may be the case i mean pigs are more intelligent than dogs there's when I drive home from work on my week, my daily drive home from work in the back neighborhoods I go through in Austin, Texas, there's a man who walks a pig on a leash. Mm-hmm. I see him like three times a week. They're nice animals. They're nice animals. They're delicious. animals. They're delicious animals. They're like the perfect animal. They're smart and delicious. Wow. Yeah. When, when you got a pet like pig for, for 18 years, you can just uh, indulge in that sweet, sweet, mature. Pork. So I'll tell you a story. San Marcos, Texas, the town I'm moving to. I don't know if the listeners know that. I'm moving to San Marcos. Uh, big fish, little pond. So uh, they have this thing called Aquarina Springs. It used to be like an amusement park, a theme park. And it was great because they had glass bottom boats, which are still there. And underwater, they had mermaids. They had girls dressed like mermaids that swim around underwater and you'd wave at them and stuff. Now, the famous thing at Aquarina Springs was Ralph the Swimming Pig. And they had this pig that would jump off like a high jump and swim around. Everybody thought it was the greatest thing ever. This is some Texas shit right yeah, here. Yeah, it is. And they closed they closed the fucking theme park down years ago. The college bought it, so it's like it's state land or something, so they can't fuck with it. Um, but uh, the, I, I took my kid to the glass bottom boat ride a couple weeks ago. And the, uh, the guy giving the tour was saying, well, you know, Ralph the Swimming Pig was famous in these parts. And what me, people don't know is there were actually like 50 Ralph the Swimming Pigs. Oh, yeah, it's like Gallagher. Right, and once the pig, because pigs get fat and they can't swim anymore. So what they said is every time there was a new Ralph, they would celebrate the new Ralph with a barbecue. Oh, it's like the Dalai Lama. 
They yeah, they eat the Dalai Lama, the old Dalai Lama, mm-hmm. and then the new Dalai Lama happens. Isn't that the tradition? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm not because like uh, you know you you absorb the essence of the the previous Dalai Lama. I mean, I'm going bald, but I'm not a monk. That was stupid. That's a good fucking joke. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. So uh, moving on, moving on. Let's go to Adam's corner. <laughs> so my Adam's corner. Um, it's going to be something about Star Wars. There's a lot of Star Wars talk this episode, Bobby. Great. My uh, my opinion and my theory on the Ewoks. Okay. Let's see, let me hear your opinion on the Ewoks, Bobby. It's it's it, There's a lot of dissension in the opinion of Star Wars fans on Ewoks. It, it, it actually helps your case that you made in our very controversial episode on The Last Jedi from uh-huh. back in December. It, it, it helps your case out a lot. Because one of your cases was, it's just Star Wars, man. It's for kids, you know? And I saw Return of the Jedi, and I saw the Ewok movies when I was of the age to be attracted to the Ewok. Not attra- I'm not attracted to the Ewoks. Whoa. But you know what I mean? Like, except the Ewoks as cute, cuddly little characters in Star Wars. Right. Whereas the older generation, the man-children, reacted negatively yeah. to that. The way I do with the new Star Wars movies. Exactly. So it's all, it's all the circle of life. Um, I don't have any problem with the Ewoks because I have uh, positive uh, uh, attachments to them. <laughs> I love Return of the Jedi. I agree. And that's my point. Return of the Jedi is my favorite movie of Star Wars, mm-hmm. of all the Star Wars. And people say, no, dude, Empire is the best one. I'm like, nah, man. That's true. Jedi is where it's at. Empire is not the best. Empire is great, uh, okay. but Jedi is the best. This is the segment of the show we call Cliche Nerd Talk. So anywho, uh, I love Return of the Jedi. The reason I love Return of the Jedi the most is the whole scene on Tatooine. I think that Jabba's Palace, before they added the Max Rebo fucking song shit, the fucking CGI song that ruined that movie, before they added that, um, that whole sequence is the best thing in Star Wars because Luke is finally a badass. Luke's been a bitch for two movies. He shows up. I'm a fucking heavy. Hey, Jabba, I'm going to give you a chance. You have one chance. You should have you should have taken the chance, Jabba. He's not like De Niro in Casino, though, or like uh, he's not like a Scarface. Hey, type. fuck you, man! He's, Luke Skywalker became a badass. Anyways, it's hey, Mark Hamill. This is in, my it's corner. Mark Hamill in a robe. This is my corner. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, so the Ewoks. Now I was talking to my boss, same person I was talking about Solo the other day. And uh, he always, you know, he he's of the opinion, the man-child opinion of, oh, Ewoks are stupid. Mm-hmm. That ruined the movie. And I'm like, no, dude. Like, think about the Ewoks for a second. Okay? They're on this forest moon, right? And it's nature. So there's like an ecosystem, you know? And there's there's predators and there's prey, you know? And like on this planet, there's lizards and there's lions and there's bears. And there's shit that's higher up the food chain than other things. We've come to a point where we kind of surpass the food chain. Like we were saying about the circus animals, we won. We fucking won, you know. But if you're just looking at nature and creatures that evolve from nature, what creature evolves to be the most powerful number one thing in the fucking n- ecosystem? Teddy bears. The fucking teddy bears. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely. Because Eric's like, dude, he's like, yeah, yeah. Ewoks are not apex predators. I was like, wait a second. Dude, no, they are. They're 100% apex predators. Neither are humans. If you put five Ewoks against a lion, those Ewoks win every time. Hey, Eric, you sorry. Know the Ewoks took down the fucking empire. Yeah, bro. Accept it. Yeah, bro. Accept it. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, look, Ewoks, you show up in their fucking house, right? And what do they got? Stormtrooper helmets. 
they're playing drums on them. Yeah. What do you think happened to those stormtroopers? They you were know, fucking eating, is yeah, what they were. When when they capture Han and Luke and Chewie, they're gonna straight up eat those motherfuckers. There's no question. C three PO's their god, and he's like, "Hey, stop!" And they're like, "Nah, dude, this is food." I've always been very neither here nor there about Ewoks, and now you're making me love them a lot. Dude, yeah, they're badass. Like they fucking just if you show up there, they're gonna fucking eat you. They're gonna they're gonna set a trap. And they're going to catch you with this trap made of fucking rope and rocks and logs. And you might even say one of the most blatant survival mechanisms of the Ewok species is their cuteness. Yes! Yes! They're like the woodland critters from uh, South Park. You're like, oh, you're so cute. Oh, there's a fucking spear in my neck. And then they're going to eat you. And then they're going to fucking eat you. That is horrifying. It is. I saw a, um, I, there's that, that video game video game out of Star Wars Battlefield 2 or something. And um, it showed like a scene where there's somebody was in an Ewok cave with a gun and there's like 50 Ewoks in the dark just coming at you with spears trying to kill you. And I was like, you know what, dude? Star Wars spinoff movie. Like, fuck Bubba Fett. I don't care. I don't want to see it. No one's going to go see an Ewok spinoff. Fuck. Listen. listen. They already oh, gave us. Shut up. They gave us two already. Shut up. Fucking, they're going to make Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, fuck that. I mean, I would watch the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie with Ewan McGregor. But no, dude. Hunted by Ewoks. Star Wars story. Hunted by Ewoks. I think it's it, time to do a fan fiction film. It'd be a horror movie. Dude, you can make a perfect Star Wars horror movie out of Ewoks. You drop a guy on the forest moon of Endor or wherever else Ewoks might be. Who fucking knows where they're at, right? You drop a guy there and he's like, oh shit, my fucking spaceship crashed. Because <laughs> the Ewok movie... that's what always happens. The Ewok movie, which is non-canon, that shit that we watched. Yeah. Those Ewoks would not have befriended those people. They would have eaten them. I was actually just about to make that They point. would have fucking eaten them. They were lunch. Uh-huh. That's all they were. So, uh, yeah, you make a spin-off Star Wars movie where it's an Ewok horror story. All you do is have a couple characters. They're getting hunted down. Then they get eaten. Honestly, it wouldn't shock me if the Internet's already done that. I, I mean, they should. Their adorability is the weapon. And let that be a lesson, people. The things that are the most cute and the most adorable will fucking kill you. I, don't, I can't think of a better way to end your Adam's Corner today, so let's talk about the movie we watched, 1988, right? 1958's The Blob, Nin- starring Steve McQueen. Um, why don't you go ahead and read the 1988 The Blob? Remake of the 1958 sci-fi horror classic about a deadly blob from another planet which consumes everything in its path. Teenagers attempt without success to warn the townspeople who refuse to take them seriously. If it had a mind, you could reason with it. If it had a face, you could look it in the eye. If it had a body, you could shoot it. Now, man is no longer the supreme being on this planet. The organism is growing at a geometric rate. By all accounts, it's at least a thousand times its original mass. Nobody believes me about what happened tonight. What did happen? I want that organism alive. I think you pissed it off. No shape.
Okay, Adam, you and I both uh-huh. love, love, love this movie. Love it. Um, the Blob is one of those. It's the peak. It is the apex of 1980s horror throwback um, to to 50s horror and creature features. It right? is. There's a dude in the 80s. In the late 80s, like the magnificent filmmaking year of 1988, mm-hmm. there was a lot of throwback to the 50s. Right. And nowadays, 2018, we're throwing back to 1988. 30 years. 30 years. Yep. 30 years before that was 1958. The 50s. I wonder what day this came out. That would be weird if it was the same day as today. Do, do, I'm not going to check, though. Do. Yes. So there was this, like, directors that grew up with that shit that yeah. was their era yeah. was the 50s cold war era creature features horror all that shit right, right. you have your carpenters your fucking cravens your uh fred deckers mm-hmm. people like that mm-hmm. um so in the late 80s especially we get this wave of like nods to that right we get killer clowns from outer space right we get the thing in the early 80s yeah we do we get night of the creeps night of the comet um night of the comet yeah. monster squad even oh, yeah um the blob this one even big budget stuff like Ghostbusters 2. Sure. Right? So you've never seen the original Blob, Adam. No, I haven't seen the McQueen one. You've never seen the Steve McQueen one? I might have, but it's been a long freaking time. But let me ask you this. Based on what you know about all these 80s movies I just mentioned that right. are nodding that, okay. give me a quick, quick description of the movie you've never seen, the 1958 The Blob. All right. So what's going to happen is a comet is going to fall from the sky, right? Definitely a comet. And then... Uh, a bum's going to find it, right? And then the stuff's going to get on the bum. He's like, I'm crazy. I'm going to see what this is. I'm a bum. I might be able to drink it. And he goes and gets it, and it gets on him. And then, like, there's teenagers or there's young people, and they're like, hey, we got to stop this thing. And from there, the evil thing starts to grow and expand, and nobody believes the fucking teenagers. They're telling them, hey, guess what? This shit's happening. And then it all goes to hell. And then, like, the fucking teenagers live. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much it. That's like all those movies. That's it. That's every one of those movies. I mean, it's very much the the blob is probably the most notable of those. It's a great movie for all those movies. All those movies are a great movie, right? Um, so yeah, Steve McQueen's in the original. And there's a, quite a bit of nods to him specifically Steve in the 1988 The Bullet Blob. McQueen. Um, box art review: A forgotten 1980s nod to 1950s creature features. A creeping terror that will leave you asking, "What happened to Kevin Dillon?" Ah, uh, that's a good one. That's <laughs> a good one, Bobby. Adam. Yes, sir. Why don't you do me a favor? Uh huh. And let let me and in the in the listeners know what is 1988's The Blob directed by Chuck Russell? No relation. All about. So the Blob. The Blob starts out with these beautiful pinkish colored words coming up on the screen. It's nice. It has that good neon feel that was very big in 1988. And there's an amazing matte painting of the city, and it's zooming in. It's just this beautiful, very 50s esque storybook America town, and. Uh, as it pans in, what the first thing that we see in this movie is a football game. So I want to go back to the credits for a minute. Okay. Um, I I don't know why, but I love the opening credits in this film. They're pretty. Um, it's very of its time, kind of like what you said. Mm-hmm. It's almost got that like New Line Cinema glow to it. You know the New Line Cinema I logo? Think, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Okay. That blue. Um, mm-hmm. It's got slow eerie music and it's just showing all these like long pans of just like 
that's like you said, a small Americana city, but like empty. There's nothing going on there. Right. And then boom, it cuts to that football game. That football game. I'm going to tell you something, Bobby. One thing I noticed that I didn't realize until I watched this again is that uh, Frank Darabont, Darabont has his fingerprints on this. Uh-huh. Uh, famous for The Green Mile, Shawshank Redemption, Motherfucking Walking Dead. He, he was a screenwriter that. for Stephen King, basically. Right, right, right. This wasn't Stephen King related, but Darabont was in it. I think he did The Mist. He did The Mist. Yeah, he did. That's a fantastic movie. Now, Darabont has a whole like stable of people, like somebody you might have noticed from The Mist, might have noticed from The Walking Dead, might have noticed from The Green Mile, and that's Jeffrey DeMunn. He's in this movie. Nice. He's the sheriff, Sheriff DeMond. I fucking love that guy. So we meet our protagonist, our hero of the film, the quarterback for the football team. Now, this guy's like doing what college kids in the 80s did. He's playing football and he's winning, of course. And then there's the super hot cheerleader, Shawnee Smith. God damn it, I love Shawnee Smith. Now, Adam, did you ever go to high school football games? No. And what position did you play? Was it water clown? I was a bottom that was the position I played. <laughs> That's disgusting. Okay, no, I didn't well, go. Let's, let's do the thing where we explore you through the lens of the movie. Because oh, that's really what this is all about. Who was I as the teenagers in the movie? If the rest of the town was at the football game, yeah. where was I? Were you? I was probably high playing Nintendo 64. Okay. So anyways, back to the film. We're introduced <laughs> to the lovely lady, the, the, the female lead lady in distress of the film, Shawnee Smith. Beautiful. Beautiful, Beautiful girl. Beautiful. Shawnee, if you're listening, I love you so she much. She still looks great. I follow her on Instagram. I will follow her home if she lets me. So we've introduced two of the main lead characters, uh, super hot cheerleader Shawnee Smith, our hero Paul. Then we see our rebel bad boy, mm-hmm. Kevin the Lesser Dylan. So you think, what happened to Kevin Dylan? Wait. Matt Dillon was way better. If you don't, if you don't have an instant mental image of of kevin dillon by just saying his name um if you want to visualize kevin dillon think of matt dillon yeah um and then with a forehead the size of a large cantaloupe yeah like a big like a neanderthal kev uh, matt dillon and he drinks beer he has a mullet no he rides a triumph nod to steve mcqueen is it yeah okay Wears a leather jacket. He is the walking, talking '80s badass cliche. Yeah, he totally is. But he doesn't. Really, I, I he bet, doesn't really peg the badassness of it. Well, I, I bet he hates his stepfather Gary, <laughs> who's not an actual character. Right. You know, my real dad, Gary. <laughs> your dad. Your dad left your mom an old deed on marijuana. <laughs> Shut up, Gary. Yeah. So he's the rebel bad boy. And again, my. Possibly my only problem with this movie is I never really... He never sells me as a bad boy. You know, he, he's not like a real tough guy. He just seems like kind of a wuss. I think that's kind of the point, though. In the whole first scene, like, he's got his motorcycle. He's like, I'm going to jump this gorge on mm-hmm. this broken bridge. And before he gets to it, he just he dumps his bike. He just falls. He's like, I can't do it. And, and just, like, drops his bike. Yeah, but he's just your... You know, I say 80s badass cliche, but it, it actually is more than that. He's deeper than that, right? He he puts up this front, right? Yeah. Of this badass, but he's he's more misunderstood than he is, like, an asshole. Uh, right? I guess. I don't like him. You don't he's like all, him? He's okay. all right. You know what? If that role had been played by Kurt Russell... Okay. It'd have been amazing. Yeah. Anyways, he wrecks his bike and the bum sitting there. Starts clapping for him. Hey, good show. You suck at what you do. Yeah, that is a horrifying... That's one of the most horrifying situations in the movie. Okay? 
You just got in a motorcycle accident. And there's a bum clapping for you. And then you're being mocked by a bum that lives in the woods, or as I like to call them, tree hobos. <laughs> so that's the introduction to uh, to our, our, our secondary hero character, bad boy, going to be an asshole, uh, Kevin the Lesser Dylan. And then we go to the, the diner. And who's at the diner? But it's Sheriff DeMunn who you might recognize from everything else Frank Darabont's ever done. Right. And he's spitting game on the waitress. He's spitting game on her good, too, because she's like, at, she writes a little note on the bottom of her che- his check. He's like, I'm off at 11. It's like, oh, damn. And he's like, he's pitching high. He's pitching high, dude. I mean, he's, you know what, man? Like, he's an old man. And this woman's like a hot 40-year-old diner waitress. I can, I can, I can understand where he's coming from. I get it. I get it. Okay. And then the football team shows up and he leaves. And, uh, you know, you know who... You know what Kevin Dillon looks like? He he looks like he just finished up like in excess band practice. Mm-hmm. Like at all times. The he's hair. like dun 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 Yeah. He yeah, totally yeah. looks like a bad in excess fucking he was like the bass player for three years. Or about the same time. <laughs> Jeffrey DeMunn shows up and threatens him. So apparently this bad boy is known about town for being a bad boy. Right. The police, the sheriff, they don't like the guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, he goes back to his job, and his, his boss is like this black mechanic who's like talking about, oh, I, I got to fix six canoes. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy talking yeah, about? Yeah, and that's a that's a delve into Kevin Dillon's character, too. He didn't he got in a, in a motorcycle accident. He doesn't go to the hospital to get checked out. He goes straight to the mechanic shop. He didn't have a motorcycle accident. To borrow a ratchet. He dumped his bike, meaning he thought he was going to hit something, and yeah. so he just fell down. Oh, I'll just fall over instead, like a bitch. Now, was the bike, could he not get enough speed, or did the brakes go out? I didn't understand that part it was a lack of um speed he was missing something like inside horsepower no he's missing like courage oh courage you know who took that from him the tree hobo no 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 the tree hobo laughed at his lack of courage <laughs> okay the tree hobo laughed at him because if kevin Dillon was gonna do it like a man he would have made the jump and wrecked and like oh i didn't make the jump he didn't even try to make the jump he stopped but what if the tr- he ran into the tree hobo earlier that day and it kind of like spooked him and it said his whole like his whole mentality off when he was trying to make the jump on the bridge. Dude, there's nothing like that ever implied. And what the fuck are you? It's scared of tree hobos? It's a fucking tree hobo. There's only one of them. Who cares? He's got a dog. Whoopty shit. So anyways, we go back to tree hobo in the woods and he's got a frying pan strapped to his foot and he's smashing cans. Classic tree hobo behavior. And you know, I think about killer clowns from outer space. I think about the hobo who found the tree hobo, who actually was a farmer, rancher in that one, who finds the uh, the he killer was a tree hobo too. Yeah, exactly. He had a dog. He had a dog as well. Pooh bear. It's a common thing. And then a meteor of impending doom shoots across the sky. <laughs> and then like the meteors opened up and there's this crazy, it's like the slime from Ghostbusters 2 is inside and the bum's like, I'm going to poke it with a stick. As he pokes it with a stick mm-hmm. and there's an awesome effect. Like he has it on the end of the stick and the stick's down and the, the blob just jumps up. It jumps up the stick onto his hands. Yeah. And he starts screaming and runs. And then uh, and then it, it flips from it onto his hand. It, it, it quick cuts to a kid eating Jello with his face. Perfect. Perfect. There's so many little things like that that are so good. Even when he's jumping the, motor, the motorcycle trying to do the, the bridge jump. Right. It'll cut back to the football game of the... Of the uh, of the people in the stands going go go yeah. and it cuts back and forth yeah. to him it's like that's like they didn't have to do that it's, it's, it's good, good. good filmmaking it's good filmmaking and then it has the hero goes to the uh the pharmacy with his uh with his buddy oh i love this and scene his buddy wants to buy condoms he and says uh he goes 
Give me a pack of Trojan and a Banaka spray. Have you ever said that to a pharmacist? No. We should go record us doing that. We should do that. Put it on the internet. So uh, so he buys condoms and the weird reverend from town shows up. Mm-hmm. He's like, why are you buying condoms? And he's like, and this is his buddy buying the condoms. He's like, my buddy, the hero over there, he wants to get laid. And then like, now the pharmacist and the reverend are both that guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that guy that you see. There's a lot of that guy in this movie. Who was that guy? Which, which one was that? Uh, the priest is a very normal man. He's not, he doesn't look creepy at all. Yeah. Um, uh, this, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say this guy's a pedophile, Okay. I'm not going to make any hacky priest pedophile jokes, right. but man, he sure does look like he enjoys children, uh, their smiles, uh, when he's preaching the word of God every Sunday morning. He looks like a pedophile. Nah, dude. He just looks like some preacher. What happened to you in Catholic school? Anyways, anyways, creepy preacher. He is kind of creepy. He is, he is pretty creepy. Yeah. I'm not going to argue. That guy was from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And uh, the other guy, the pharmacist, that guy, Mr. Uh, Art LaFleur, let's see who he is. You know, I don't know if I've told you this, people, on, on the podcast, but my favorite guys in movies usually is that guy. It's like, who's that guy? Oh, that was the guy that was in Cobra, and he was in the, in the Sandlot, and he's also in The Blob. James Earl Jones? No, we're talking about Art LaFleur and Del Close, who were the reverend and the pharmacist. So, uh, so anyways, the guy's like, what kind of condoms do you want? And the pharmacist says that, and the guy's like, ribbed. Um, so... Trojans and Banaka. Trojans and Banaka. Ban- ribbed a, a, for her pleasure. A, a Banaka spray. Uh, it ri- reminds me of a question that I always wanted to ask you because it's a fun question. Let's hear it. Um, what is the oddest combination of things you've ever purchased at a store? Oh. Do you remember anything come to mind? I mean, you know, there's a couple times where I've bought like nothing but, you know, whipped cream uh, coconut oil and duct tape. I immediately regret asking this question. What? What? What did you need each thing for? I was I had to duct tape some stuff up on a box I was packing up, and um, I had some brownies at home that I wanted mm-hmm. whipped cream in, and I used the coconut oil on my skin. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, mine, I didn't use them for any of those. Mine things. is uh, a box of condoms. Uh huh. Uh. A six-pack of Paps Blue Ribbon Tall Boys. <laughs> yeah. Um, a chicken salad sandwich. Okay. And it was on sale. A DVD copy of Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> and I remember realizing what was on the little conveyor belt at the grocery store uh-huh. when I was already there. As it was happening. And I was just like, that's a weird combination of things there. Right. And... uh I even looked at the at the, the the cashier and I said, you know, just getting the bare essentials. <laughs> and uh, she didn't she didn't find that funny at all. She just like a robot just rung me up and then I left embarrassed. I uh, I went to I had a, I sent a friend some money via Western Union one time, and uh, you have to put a security question. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I and and I had the question, uh, what's my name? And the response she had to put DMX Daddy. <laughs> That's great. That's great. The old lady at the fucking thing was like, okay. 
That's good. That was perfect. I like it. I like it. That had nothing to do with anything, but I liked the story anyway. So where are we going with this? Okay, so we cut to the Jello, the kid eating Jello. Kid eating Jello. Shawnee Smith's brother. Shawnee Smith's brother and his little friend Eddie Haskell. Mm -hmm. And Eddie Haskell's like, we're gonna go to my house and play, and then we're gonna go to the movies. And she's like, what movie are you going to see? And it was the, uh, what the fuck was it? Like the Wood Chipper Massacre? No, it's called Garden Tool Massacre. Garden Tool Massacre. Wood Chipper Massacre is a movie that I will make you watch one day and you will hate me for and, it. And she's like, and the, Eddie Haskell's like, you know, just your basic slice and dice. Yeah. Why is he describing this to his mother? I like mean, I would have said, you know, this was like, you say like the land before time. It's an animated I film. don't know. Look, if my 11 year old kid was like, hey dad, I want to go watch this fucking graphic horror movie i'd be like go for it yeah you'd probably go with him yeah i mean let's go dude let's watch it it might be tits it'll be awesome um so cps called on you for what tits are a normal thing you know every kid sees tits every kid sees tits except for orphans they might never see tits but i don't know so uh our hero shows up at the door for a date and, uh, you know, the, the Eddie Haskell's an asshole to him. Mm-hmm. And then the mom comes to the door and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Eddie. Uh, I'm sorry my son was an asshole. And they bring him inside. It wasn't Eddie Haskell's the brother. And then Shawnee Smith comes down. She's all hot. And she's like, wait, let me have you meet my daddy. And they go and meet the daddy. Does she say daddy? Yeah. And the daddy is the pharmacist. Oh. And, and the one line Art LaFleur, the dad says, is ribbed. <laughs> Yeah, because he was buying the rib condoms. No, I got it, but it was for it wasn't really him. It was the other guy. It was the other guy. He was trying to throw it, it off on a, him. See, that was a fun little series of events yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Now you know, creative. What, you know what I think is like okay, so daddy let him let let <laughs> daughter go out. Uh huh. But they 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 have this dialogue in the car like right when they're on the date, and they kind of explain it away. Like he's like, yeah, I've made better. I'm like, I'm glad I uh, ex- we explained ourselves. Like, yeah, I've made better first impressions, though, or something like that. Like, they got oh, out of they? the situation. Do they? Okay. Yeah. And then they hit a bum. And then they hit a bum. Not just now, any bum. Tree hobo. Blob hand tree hobo. So what's better? What's great about this is before the scene, before they hit the bum, the lesser Dylan, um, he's out there trying to fix his motorcycle with the, rat- the, with the ratchet set that he borrowed from Six Skidoo, his boss. And um, he literally says Six Skidoo. Yeah. What the fuck is Six Skidoo? It sounds like a... Uh, you know, I was helping old Six Skidoo over there. Sounds like a name you would call a stereotypical black man in a small town. I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's right. So, the lesser Dylan's fixing his bike, and the bum runs up with an axe in his hand, and holds out the blob hand, and just starts trying to cut his own hand off with an axe. Mm-hmm. It's like, holy shit. And then as soon as he does the cut, the blob covers the cut. It's like, nah, dude. I ain't going nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And so... The, the the bum the tree hobo runs out into the fucking uh, into the street gets hit by by our hero and and super hot Shawnee and then Kevin Dillon comes running afterwards and they're like we gotta take this bum to the hospital now our this hero- is the second time that Kevin Dillon has run into the same tree hobo yeah because his motor day. well yeah because his motorcycle got wrecked there he left it there he went back to the same spot that was the bum spot that I got, was the tree hobo's that was his little part of the I words. got two questions for you yeah um. Have you ever run into the same hobo twice in one day? No, but I haven't had to like, I haven't gone to a tree hobo's home and left my motorcycle and then gone back there later. Okay. Second question. Yeah. Have you ever run over a hobo with your Mazda? No comment. That's what I thought. So, uh, so they're getting the bum into the car to take him to the hospital and the bum says, it fell from the sky. And, uh, (laughs) you know, what I like about this bum 
is that he's like a coherent enough to be like trying to explain himself. They didn't play him as crazy bum. Yeah, he's not like the bum from Ghost Dad. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, dude. Or like the old man from fucking Devil's Reign. Everyone just, knows exactly what I was referring to. I had no clue. I just agreed. So, uh, so then the hero and the bad boy have a pissing contest where hero's like, you're coming with us to the hospital. You're behind it. And he's like, dude, I didn't put an acid blob on that man's hand. All right, I'm not coming. And so he went with them anyways. And then they get to the hospital, and they're like, this bum's got a blob on his hand. And she says, does he have Blue Cross? little commentary on single-payer single, single payer health insurance. There. Yeah, and then like a janitor walks up and puts the bum in a wheelchair. And then, and then bad boy Kevin Dillon's like, if you need to find me, you know where I'll be. Practicing fucking keytar for, for in excess, because he hasn't choked himself out yet. Oh, so uh, so then Sean that wasn't even a joke. That was just <laughs> terrible. So then Shawnee and the hero have a really bad date at the hospital because this is their date. But instead, they decided to go to the hospital and wait around for a bum with a blob on his hand. Hey, man, some people are nice to homeless people. This was like the worst first date ever. And then the hero sees the hero goes to buy a soda. Right. And he sees the bum on a, on a bed with a blanket over him. And he sees there's something moving under the bum blanket. And so he walks, Ew. yeah, he walks over and the bums is laying there and it starts like gurgling and looks at him and there's awesome bum blob effect where his neck's all swollen up and his eyes are white. There's like a monster inside the bum and the hero's like, holy shit. He goes and gets the doctor. You know who the doctor is? Dr. Fucking Eraserhead. It's Jack motherfucking Nance mm-hmm. is the doctor. Oh, wow. This movie is chock full of that guy. I didn't even notice that. Dude, that's why I've watched movies. Um, and then he says, is this the hand injury? Yeah, that's what, that's what fucking Dr. <laughs> Razorhead says. And then they pull the bum blanket off and the bum's half dissolved. He kind of looks like the uh, Alice in Wonderland cake from... Uh, from the Tom Petty video. Don't come around here no more. But much more um, covered in uh, goo and blood and shit. Whatever y'all looking for. You sound just like Tom Petty right now. I love that song. So uh, so anyways, Dr. Eraserhead's like, what the fuck? And the hero's like, I'm going to do what's smart. I'm the hero of the movie. I'm going to go call the fucking police. Because that's these people never do that in the movie. But he does it right off the bat, right? Smart move. So he goes and he walks in the fucking room where there's a phone, picks up the phone, start dialing. Now, what's great about the scene is you see him on the phone and behind him, you see a blob on the wall. And this is like the first time you see the amazing large blob effect, because apparently as the blob eats people and dissolves into its being, it grows larger. So the blob is climbing up the wall. He's on the phone telling the police and there's like a weird drip on the table and he looks up and the blob just fucking drops right on the hero. I really like how you've been describing Paul as the hero this entire time because uh-huh. you know what? You just did a twist uh-huh. just like the movie did. You think this guy's your protagonist the whole time. And right? then he gets eaten by the fucking blob. This movie's got balls. It's blob balls. It's got balls of blob. And uh, and then Shawnee Smith runs into the room looking for Paul because everybody's freaking out about a dissolved bum. And you have this amazing effect of the blob all the way over Paul's face. And you can see his face melting through the pink ooze. And he's got one hand still free and he reaches out and she grabs his hand and the blob just like dissolves his arm. Yeah, his and face, just gets dragged out. His face is like the cover of one of the main posters. I, I, I tell you what, listen, this movie legitimately has some of the best fucking special effects yeah. of the 80s. Yeah. The and best gore effects. And it's so much more than that, too. It's so good. It's so fucking good. And then the cops show up. And the cops are Jeffrey DeMunn. And the other cop is Emil, 
who you might remember from RoboCop. Mm -hmm. He was a guy that got melted by the toxic waste and explodes in a car. Mm -hmm. Ironic that he's back in another movie where people melt. Ooh. Ooh, I know. I thought about that. And now the sheriff and uh, and, and, and uh, RoboCop Emil, uh, Deputy Emil, they blame the lesser Dylan for apparently melting the hero? Yeah, yeah. They're like, it was you. He's like, dude. How the how would I do this? How the fuck did I do this? I don't own um I don't own a vat of acid. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great scene. And like this is maybe twenty minutes in the movie. And what's great about this film, what's so fucking wonderful about this film is like I was saying, like this dude is set up as the hero. But it's ironic when you look at it later. I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain oh, this to you. We're gonna get, to get another twist yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. So they set him up as the fucking hero. Like every scene it shows him and he's the hero. And then bam, he's fucking dead, he's done, he's eaten in the first fucking 20 minutes. And uh, and they kind of switch to uh, what you would think would be the lesser Dylan as the hero. Now you're like, holy shit, he's the hero. Now then it skips, it jumps to different characters. It goes to Scott and Vicky. Remember Scott and Vicky? Oh, I got things to say about Scott and Vicky. Um, yeah. So you have all these well-written characters that are your main ensemble. Right. That, ensemble. That get killed off. And then you have your random townspeople right. that are in one scene that get killed they off. They get killed off. And this is one of your first of that. Yeah. Now, this is a classic situation. Well, they've set up uh, Scott in already. these kind of movies. Scott was a guy buying the condoms. Right. Oh, this was Scott. Uh -huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. And Vicky, his little chickadee Vicky there, who has one of his football rings around her neck as a necklace. Yeah, that means he owns her. Is the girl from Under Siege. That's the hot chick from Under Siege. Oh, wow. Yeah, if you didn't know, now you know. So um, so Scott and Vicky, and uh, they're making out. Uh -huh. Vicky doesn't want to make out. She's like, no, no. He's like, come on, baby. You got my ring on. Suck face. And uh, I mean, this dude, he goes in the back. And he's like, let me get you another drink. And he opens up his trunk, and it's the most extravagant bar, a full bar in his trunk of his yes. car. Yes. I was referring to this guy in my notes as a roofie drive-in guy. <laughs> um, he has a trunk like Hunter S. Thompson, if Hunter S. Thompson was a serial rapist. <laughs> um, and, and then I started imagining, imagine a scene in which that guy got pulled over by the authorities. Right. And they ended up searching his trunk. Yeah. They'd be like, headquarters? You can close the file on the county's date rape reports. We found the one guy responsible. And luckily, justice is about to be served. I mean, that was it's all based for high school girls. He has that whole thing set up in his trunk for high school girls. It's fucked up, man. Well. It was so casual back then, but it's fucked up. You know, it is. It is. But, you know, as he, it is. And he's got there. He's got mixers and shit. You know what, though, dude? I kind of want that set up in, my, in the trunk of my car. I, I think you should stop talking right now. Why? <laughs> I'm just saying, it would be badass to open the... You ever seen fucking Pimp My Ride? Remember that? with fucking, Exhibit? Yeah, dude. They would I, put a motherfucking trunk. I prefer the CMT version, Trick My Truck. We call this the Blobmobile. Yo, you see them rims? Inside them rims, we got the actual blob material they use in the 1988 classic, and it spins around with the spinners as you're spinning. You open that trunk, that's like Scotty's trunk. You got the mixer right there. Dude. Yeah. That would be good. I should call Exhibit if that show's still on and be like, yo, my friend's got this shitty Mazda outside my house. Yeah. He loves the movie The Blob. Let's make it happen. Can you guys make that happen? Make that shit pink. Make my car pink. Oh, that'd be great. So anyways. And be like, uh, is your friend a rapist? <laughs> so then The Blob shows up and crawls into the car where Vicky's at. Sorry, Scott. Looks like The Blob's going to eat her out before you do. Oh, God. So that was just that was just uncalled for. So Scott gets back in the car with the drink. He just made. I am. I am appalled <laughs> right now. 
It's a good joke. So Scott Vick's back in the car, and she's like drunk and not responding, you know, in his mind. So she's not responding. He thinks to himself, she's passed out drunk. Obviously, it's time for me to rape her. So he starts talking to her, and he starts... I mean, dude, Scott's no, no. not a good guy. He's a horrible, horrible Don't man. Don't think any of my description is like ingrandizing him. No, like, yeah, I know. But what's interesting about this character is like, he is not like the super villain of the of the movie either. He's like the original protagonist's friend. He was Hero's buddy. Hero's buddy. Hero's buddy. That's fucked up, man. So, uh, so he, anyway. he, he opens up her blouse, he sticks his hand in, and then... The blob busts from her chest and just like wraps around his hand and tendrils. And then her face turns to him and just implodes on itself. It's fucking beautiful. I liked how he was God like. God damn, this movie's beautiful. I liked how as he was doing this horrendous act, he was out loud, auditorily rationalizing it. Yeah. He's like talking to her like he's having a conversation with her. Right. Like, hey, Vicky. Oh, it's a little hot in here. <laughs> Let me just uh, take this down real quick. Like, oh, it's so skeezy. That's much better. It's so it's just skeezy. Like, and then he just gets progressively more and more like, fuck it, I'm just going to go He's for getting it. more rapey. But you know, you know, and you think to yourself, well, hey, he gets his just desserts because the blob eats him. But you know what? Poor Vicky got eaten too. Yeah, I did think about that too. I was like, he got his justice, but Vicky's dead Vicky as well. Vicky got her fucking face imploded and that shit was badass. Yeah. Um, again, they didn't, they didn't have to make that sequence as good as it was, but it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I like to call the blob? Perfect. The pink melter. Oh, there's there's, there's your first uh, alternative title. <laughs> uh, pinch hitter by uh, Adam. <laughs> the pink melter. There's an awesome fucking blob effect where you just see the city like in the background. And, and at the bottom of the screen, there's the blob crawling. And in the blob, you see the football ring on a chain, which was poor Vicky that got eaten. Oh, also, in Buddy's, uh, in Buddy's you know, rape trunk, uh, where oh, you had the that's just the worst combination of words <laughs> in Buddy's uh, extravagant bar in his trunk. No, it's a proper use of words, but it was just upsetting. <laughs> he had a whole cigar box full of um, football rings on necklaces. Oh my god! So this dude is totally he's, sexual predator. Yeah, if he oh, gets yeah. caught. He's like for all those guys. He he is the one that was responsible for all the date rapes. It was him. It was him. It was totally. Him. I, w- I was saying that jokingly, but you're right. I feel bad that Vicky got her face imploded. Yeah, because she's a beautiful girl. I love her and understand siege now mm-hmm. flag yeah. kevin dylan the lesser dylan this is how cool he is mm-hmm. soon after the uh date rape scene yeah um <laughs> he has enough clout in this town and coolness to be able to like hang out in the diner after it's closed no no no. wait you skipped part oh he goes to the police station mm-hmm. and he gets interrogated by the cops it's uh it's it's sheriff demun and officer robocop emil and, and RoboCop's really got a hard-on for this guy. Uh-huh. Like He's like, you're the bad guy. You're fucking going to do it. And and, and old, old Lester Dillon flags like, I don't know what you're talking about. And the fucking RoboCop gets right in his face. And then Kevin Dillon licks his face. Oh, yeah. You forgot about it. He just totally licks his face. Oh, yeah. And then, and then like... That's and, so cool. And then RoboCop Emil says something like, well, we call his dad if we knew who he was. Or something Fuck, fucked, up. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucked up. Gary. Like that. Gary, this, his stepdad, Gary. I love you. I love you, Kevin Dillon. Why won't you let me in? Shut up, Gary. I just wanted to go to the baseball card show. I just wanted to be a family. I just wanted to be a family, Kevin Dillon. So, uh, the, Gary. So he gets that. Sheriff DeMunn lets him out because they got no evidence. He's like, well, we can't we can't prove he melted anybody and he doesn't have any blood on him. So we got to let him go. And so he goes out and Shawnee Smith shows up because Shawnee's been trying to convince her family, hey, there's a fucking blob out there, you know? 
we need to do something about this. Nobody believes her. So she goes up to, to Kevin Dillon and she's like, hey, there's a fucking blob out there. We need to do something about this. And she's and he's like, no, I didn't see nothing. And she's like, motherfucker, motherfucker. But yeah, like you said, he's such a bad boy. He gets to go into the diner with the hot middle-aged diner after hours. So yeah, he hangs out in a, a diner after it's closed. That's the small town version of uh, when, when you're friends with a bartender and yeah. they let you hang out there and drink after the bar closes. I do that a lot. It's nice. Yeah. So, uh, so he goes in there and um, you know, she gives him free pie. Like She really has a soft spot for this bad boy. Yeah, yeah. She I really mean, I- does. It's Kevin Dillon. So, uh, so she nobody believes Shawnee still. She's trying to convince even the guy who saw the fucking blob that there's a goddamn blob. And so we go to the diner, and there's a there's a nice little scene in the diner. I have to say, the time spent in the diner is one of the best films in the horror scene ever, a horror movie ever. Yeah, it's like um, near dark bar scene. Exactly. It's, this is level of near dark bar scene. Bar scene. And so we, we go back while this is happening. We're flashing to Sheriff Demon, and like we find out that the police station has one deputy and six volunteers. You know, it's not like a really legit fucking thing. Now this is the diner where Demon was spitting game, and this this hot middle aged blonde woman is uh, is his little lady friend that he's gonna come a calling for. Mm-hmm. Now also the other employee in this diner is this dishwasher guy. <laughs> he's like, hey, I'm washing the dishes over here. Then they go and uh, and now Kevin Dillon's still trying to play hard ass with Shawnee and Shawnee's just like motherfucker there's a fucking blob and next thing you know there's a there's a clog in the drain in the back room and our little chickadee waitress diner lady's trying to unclog it with a uh with this plunger but it's not working and, and goes like hey let me put my hand in there it's fine and so he puts his hand in there and I'm like oh shit don't do it it's gonna grab your hand and he reaches in there and he's like what is this and he reaches his hand out and like rubs his fingers together I'm like damn that thing almost grabbed his hand and then boom the blob shoots out of the drain and grabs him by the fucking face. Yeah, the blob, the blob is not a vulnerable monster at like, all. At all. At all. And it pulls him in head first into the fucking drain. You look like uh, Deborah Winger at the end of uh, Beaches right now. <laughs> Was she crying? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think so. The, it's a beautiful scene. At least. She sees, she's like, George? And starts screaming. And then Kevin Dillon and Shawnee run in. And all that's sticking out is like a foot and a hand and blood everywhere. Case in point number two, yeah. this movie does not care about characters they've established or no. good, wholesome characters that no. they've established that you care about. Yeah. Or the blob doesn't, at least. The blob doesn't give a shit, man. So we have Diner Lady. Yeah. Nice Diner Lady. Helps out uh, Kevin Kevin Dillon, mm-hmm. giving him pie late at night and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if you don't eat it, I'm going to throw it out anyway. That kind of thing. She freaks out. She runs to a phone booth. She runs to a phone booth. And she goes to call the sheriff. You think that was a bird's nod? The birds? The phone booth scene in the birds? Was it a Bill and Ted nod because there's a fucking phone booth in that fuck, movie too? Fuck you, all right? Like really, Bobby. Okay. So she goes to the phone. She booth. goes to the phone booth and she gets the number for Herb, who is Sheriff Demun, and she's like, "I got to call the sheriff because the sheriff was supposed to meet her there at 11. And now, as she's in the phone booth calling the police, the blob falls on top of the phone booth, and she's like, "Where's Herb?" And the and the lady's like, "He went to the diner." Yes. And the blob is surrounding the fucking phone booth, and then you see a body of fucking Sheriff DeMond floating right through the blob right outside. He's at the diner where you're at in the fucking blob. Yes. That, I mean, that right there, that right there is a case to be made how smart this movie is. Oh, I I think... They didn't have to do that. No. It's beautiful. It was beautiful. I think, like, that is one of the best 
off-screen deaths of a major character. Like, it was done perfectly. Because yes. he never wants to see... I want to see the guy get attacked. But the fact that she's like, where's Herb? Here's Herb. He's just like... He's, he looks still alive, but he's disintegrating inside the fucking blob. Yeah. It it's is so beautiful. That might be the most genius part of the movie. It's a really brilliant Aside movie. from the entire movie. This is just a... It's a great movie. Now, while this is happening, um, Shawnee and, uh, and, and Kevy Dilly they ran into the ice box and the blob tries to come underneath the door as it's known to do, but it feels the cold and it's like, no, 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 and runs away and it leaves tiny little ice cubes of the blob. So they're like, fuck this, we're going to hang out in here for a while. So the blob doesn't like the cold. That's what we're learning here. This is foreshadowing people. This is foreshadowing. Then the reverend's walking down the street outside and he sees the fucking blob. He hears the blob, and then he sees it climbing into a sewer. He's like, oh, my God, the end times are here. <laughs> that reverend just gets crazier and crazier and crazier, doesn't he? And, and not, he's not a pedophile. No, no, no. There, there's nothing that alludes to that at all. <laughs> nothing at all. Just the look at it. And it nowadays, in, in 1988, when you put a preacher in a movie, you didn't automatically think, you know. That's fine. Agreed. But he still objectively looks like a child predator that's fine so then uh then he goes into the diner right and shawnee and kevy dilly have already left but he finds the blob ice cubes and thinks to myself this could be god and puts it in a fucking jar and takes it with him like why would you do that because he's a crazy sexual predator priest you know bobby <laughs> just give it up on that okay all right, all right so uh so then it goes into the woods back in the woods and What's there? The science military. Yes. Um, led by uh, Morgan Freeman from Dreamcatcher. Morgan Freeman from Dreamcatcher. But he's a, he's a black guy. He seems kind of, um, he seems kind of helpful. Who's Morgan Freeman from uh, Dreamcatcher played by? Because he looked familiar. Morgan Freeman from Dreamcatcher is played by Morgan Freeman. No, 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 no. Uh, Morgan oh. Freeman from Dreamcatcher in The Blob is played by... Oh, that guy. That guy. That guy. His name's Joe uh, Seneca. Joe Seneca. Seneca. Joe He's in a lot of stuff, I'm sure. He looked very familiar. He's a great actor. He's a great character actor. You might remember him as Morgan Freeman um from Dreamcatcher. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> so uh so yeah, yeah, he's there. He was in Silverado. He was the old man in Silverado. That's what I remember. Him Wasn't from. he in uh Dreamcatcher as Morgan Freeman? I think he was. I think he was. So uh so so Morgan Freeman's like, "Well, listen, because the kids show up. It's Shawnee and Kevy Dilly show up there." And he's like, "Well, listen, we're microbe hunters and there might be a biological disease in the air." And they're like, "What the fuck are you talking about, Morgan Freeman?" And he's like, <laughs> Well, you know, there was a comet that hit, and the dinosaurs, well, there was a comet that hit too, and I'm like, is Morgan Freeman implying <laughs> that the di the blob ate the fucking dinosaurs? Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, is that what he's saying? Here's my takeaway from this guy. Okay. Uh, for a secret government agency guy, you know, Morgan Freeman from Dreamcatcher, right. um, he's very willing to share a lot of information in an oddly poetic and autobiographical way. Was he autobiographical about it? Yeah. He's like, I've been waiting my whole life for this. But he doesn't like Morgan Freeman's voice. Yeah. yeah. You know, from Dreamcatcher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not old now. <laughs> so he's like, uh, well, hey, listen, uh, kids, you know, there's there's a disease out here. So you need to get in this van and just, you know, go with us. And uh, and, and Shawnee and Kevy Dilly are like, Okay, now now Kevin Dillon's gonna have a pissing contest. He's like, no, I'm gonna do what I want to do, and they're like, get in the fucking van with the science military, 
And so they throw him in the van. Now, this is what I realized. Uh-huh. This is the other takeaway from this. Okay. Um, never trust an overly polite government employee. Because if they don't seem like they hate their job and are willfully negligent to your demands, um, they are not to be trusted and they're not good people. Don't trust the government is what you're saying. Don't trust people in the government that like their job or are polite. <laughs> just just don't trust anybody, people, is what we're saying. So then it flashes to uh, to a couple of lovers sitting down, making out, sucking face. And, and while they're sucking face, there's a guy at the top of the hill who's trimming the hedges. And they're making out. They're like, oh, there's a peeping Tom there. Or that's what the, the guy says. And she's like, oh, it's kinky. And so they start making out even more. And then the guy looks up the peeping Tom with the, with, the, with the weed whacker. And he's wearing a Jason mask. And the guy says, that's funny. Hockey season ended months ago. And all of a sudden, it's a movie within a movie. What? What? And then that guy goes and kills the lovers with the chainsaw or weed whacker hedge mower. But it's just those kids sneaking into that movie. To watch that To movie. watch Garden Tool Massacre. The Garden Tool Massacre. We saw a scene from it. And the kids, Eddie Haskell and Shawnee's brother are there. And there's some asshole redneck behind them who keeps talking about the movie. Right. So let's break down that exchange for a moment. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, it goes a little something like this. The kids are sitting in front of uh, the redneck behind him. Right. And the redneck's sitting there telling his date or whatever. The whole movie. Everything that's going to happen it's as it's happening. Happen. Yeah. Annoying, clearly. Very annoying. Um, the kid's got balls. He turns around and says to the redneck man... Please be quiet. Right. He's polite about it. polite about it. Um, The redneck man responds by saying, you shut up, and then throws popcorn at a child. Yeah. Um, And then what's ultra weird about this, Uh it pulls away, and you see the kids. Yeah. Um, One of them's wearing headphones. Yeah, Eddie Haskell. He has his headphones Did you write that down too? No, but I remember every scene he was in, he's wearing fucking headphones. Like, well, you might be able to hear better the movie too. Yeah, if you're not listening to If you're not listening to Rat on your fucking Sony cassette player. They never played Rat. It was just implied that it was Rat. By my own uh, assumptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then it cuts to the projectionist up in the projection room. And guess who plays the projectionist? That guy. It's fucking that guy. Oh, I love that guy. That guy's in everything. This guy, what's his name? His name Frank Collison. He was in uh, no, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh-huh. He was like the, the uncle guy who was like, she done run off. Are you in OFT? That fucking guy. Uh-huh. I love that guy. And so he's like, it's hot as balls in here. There's no air coming through the air conditioner. Guess what? I don't think it's that the air conditioner isn't working. I think there's a clog in the They vent. might have to call an HVAC. I think it's going to take a little bit more than an or HVAC. Or a plumber, maybe? And that guy, as quick as he came in the movie, he leaves. This is probably actually my favorite death of the movie. It's a great death. Just because it, this is the one where he's like on the ce- he ends up on the ceiling and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good, like visually, it's my favorite death. And so then uh, so then it flashes back to Kevy Dilly and, uh, and Shawnee. And they're in the van. And, and the lesser Dylan's like, I'm not going to hang out in this van. I'm getting out of here. And he opens the back and jumps out because he's such a fucking rebel. Yeah, yeah. And Shawnee's like, I've no, I'm going to go to my family and make sure my family's okay. Yeah. And 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 Kevin Dilly's like, Gary's not my dad. <laughs> he fucking jumps out. <laughs> yeah, fucking Gary. <laughs> Fuck you, Gary. Um, and so then they get to the, th- they get to the city, right? Not going home to Gary. <laughs> they get to the city and the silence military is everywhere. And they're like, hey, people, we're in hazmat suits. We're herding you into uh, into groups. No cause for alarm. Don't worry about it at all. And then it goes back in the theater, and Eddie Haskell and Shawnee's brother are getting pissed off because the guy won't stop talking, 
And then all of a sudden, bam, he gets blobbed. Mm-hmm. Blob grabs him from the ceiling, pulls him up into the ceiling. And there's just this mass of pink tentacle nastiness on the ceiling dripping down and eating people. Right. The whole screen gets blob. The fucking just comes out the screen. In the <laughs> middle of the fucking theater, it's just this huge mound of blob with people sticking out of it screaming in agony. It looks great, too. It looks fucking great. This movie's amazing. Followed by a decent little motorcycle chase scene with Kevin Dillon. In ATVs. In ATVs. Yeah. Like fucking solid chase scene, right? It was a pretty solid chase scene. And it scene. was at this point, the first time I saw this movie was quite a while ago. It was probably about when I was about 20. Mm-hmm. My friend David, who listens to the show, showed it to me. And uh, that was the point in the movie where I looked at David and I said, this movie has everything. You say that about every movie. No, but this was the first time I ever said that. So what I noticed too is like the, the blob, it kind of squeals. It makes a noise. Mm-hmm. What is the blob? Well, should we should we get into spoiler territory? Yeah. Okay, we're that's, getting into spoiler that's what we territory. We do in this movie. Um, there's a twist to this movie. There's a couple twists. There's a couple twists. You know what I think the, the the biggest twist is is when it goes to the science military right before Kev Dill starts taking off on the motorcycle because that that motorcycle chase was pretty amazing. Right. For the time, you know, and there were trucks in it. There was a helicopter Again, in it. Again, another example of something that they didn't have to do in this movie, but they did it. You know, they use helicopters really weird in movies. Bill pointed this out last night. So when they're a helicopter and they're chasing somebody down, right? They always like, okay, think about the first scene from The Thing. Remember that first scene? Yeah. They're chasing the dog. And they're like flying by and shooting as they're flying by. You know what a helicopter can do? Hover. Yeah. You can you can just stop a helicopter. Like you could just drive right over the dog and stop and just drop a grenade. Why didn't they do that? Like Kevin Dillon, he does his motorcycle thing and he jumps the gorge. Like it was a flashback at the beginning. He comes to George, he commits because there's ATVs after him and he fucking jumps. Mm-hmm. And the helicopter like loses him. Yeah. How would a helicopter you're like, a guy? You're like concerningly upset about helicopters right now. I, it just doesn't make sense. I never thought of it until last night and the physics of it. Like, I want a helicopter now. Oh, you know what? We missed something, Bobby. This is the reveal. We missed the reveal of Morgan Freeman as Dreamcatcher. He wasn't really Morgan Freeman from Dreamcatcher because before the motorcycle chase, right? When Kevin Dillon is about to take off, he jumped out of the van. He goes back to where the people are, uh-huh. and he overhears the conversation. Now, they found the comet, and they're pulling the comet out of the ground. Guess what, Bobby? It's not a comet at all. Nope. It's a fucking satellite. It's something that the U.S. government put in the air to try to make something with a virus bacteriological thing, and they crash back down to the earth. As a blob. Didn't have to add the twist, but they did. They did. They did. And then, you know, Mr. Super Mild-Mannered Guy, you said you can't fucking trust these people, right? Mm-hmm. Super polite. He's just talking like, you know what? We made this great weapon. We're going to go get it. Wait, how do I, how does a Morgan Freeman voice do? I don't know. I can't talk like Morgan Freeman. Uh, uh, no, that's not Morgan Freeman at all. <laughs> that was, uh, this is not Morgan. I am Morgan Freeman. No. That was Sylvester Stallone. So, uh-huh. um... We reveal that Morgan Freeman, Dreamcatcher guy, is very evil. He's very evil. He's he is a uh, he masterminded this. Yes, he's willing to sacrifice everybody there. He's willing to sacrifice half the fucking universe. Much like the Ewoks, <laughs> because they come off as so mild mannered and nice, uh-huh. but uh-huh. they're actually evil. They're actually evil. This man could be half Ewok. 
He is pretty adorable. What, He's the deep state is what he is. <laughs> what I started calling him was Black Thanos mm-hmm. because he looks like Thanos. And he's like, they're like, well, these people, we got to, you know, there's a blob here and there's, there's town folks. He's like, let them die. Sacrifices have to be made. You think all bald people look the same? Yeah. Did he have hair? He had a helmet on. I don't know. He looked like some fucking space warlord. And, it, you know, it turns out this is not your typical meteor movie, though. Because usually killer clowns from outer space, where are they from? Outer space. Night of the Comet, where is it from? Outer space. Well, Night of the Creeps, where are they from? Outer space. Yes. This blob is from home. Yep. It's man-made. There, you know what, Bobby? You talk about social commentary? Uh-huh. No, yeah, totally. There's a- Again, an example. They didn't have to do that, but they did. So they really explore a lot of different types of settings Yeah. for a small town horror movie. You got your forest, you right. got your diner, right. you got your movie theater, right. you got the streets, you got a fucking unnecessary but awesome chase scene. You got a hospital. You got a hospital? Yep, yep. What's left to go in a small town? A diner? They already did that. The sewer. The fucking sewers. And who's in the sewers, Bobby? Shawnee Smith, Eddie Haskell, and uh, the, the, his her brother. Her brother. Her brother. And they're just trudging along through the sewers. Shawnee gets really wet in this movie, in this scene. Okay. What? She's like drenched. She's right, like right. head to toe, just like... Got it. And, uh, and then they're running through. It's like from the scene that it starts where she gets in the sewer, like the whole rest of the movie, like Shawnee is just soaking wet. It's great. It's great. So anyways, then they're... <laughs> good, good call, costume designer or effects. And I just think about it. I'm like, before every scene, they just hose her down because I want that job. Well, she was in the sewer. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, uh, so yeah, they're, they're crawling around in the sewers. And then all of a sudden, there's a horrifying scene where they realize underneath the gray poopy water following them is the fucking blob. This is about the point in the movie where... You come to realize, again, they're playing with protagonist rules. Right. The same way that almost like a Big Trouble in Little China does it to a yeah. degree, too. But in this case, the initial protagonist gets killed. Very quickly. Or who you think is. And then, by default, you're assuming it's now Kevin Dillon. Right. But by this point, you realize Kevin Dillon's still kind of a piece of shit. And the person that's actually saving the town and doing something... Is Shawnee Smith's character, uh, Meg. Shawnee Smith. She is saving the day. But guess what? She didn't save Eddie Haskell. <laughs> that kid gets eaten. There's an amazing melting child sticking out of sewer water. This effect. movie kills children. It kills children. And then, and then she and her brother climb up the wall. Blob comes out of the water as like a giant, just giant meaty prolapsed butthole. It, it right. just like groping and grabbing and like the sphincters opening and closing, trying to grab her. But luckily, science military show up in their hazmat suits and start shooting machine guns. So the blob kills them instead. And then Kevin Dillon shows up and reaches his hand down and grabs her and saves her. Mm-hmm. And they're on a motorcycle. He's on a motorcycle in a fucking sewer. And then he does this amazing fucking thing where he drives upside down on the wall to get away from the blob. It has everything. It has everything. This fucking movie has everything. You know what else it has? Bill fucking Mosley. Now, when we when we talk about that guy in the movies, the guy who plays that guy, one of my favorites next to Ray Wise is fucking Bill Mosley. 
so Bill Mosley is like he plays this amazing, just weaselly like like guy. He's like desperate. He's like hopeless. He's like we're stuck down here. We're gonna die. And then Black Thanos like traps him in the sewers. But luckily, Bill Mosley had a bazooka on him. And then Kevy Dilly blows up the fucking sky. This movie's got everything, Bobby. Like it's got great character actors. Mm-hmm. It's got great effects. The effects are really just some of the best thing I've seen since 1989's ghostbusters 2 i think they're better than that i think so too um by a lot once the blob gets out because they blow up the sewer and they escape and then the blob comes out in the city and this is when it's like the huge blob scene overcoming the city and it's like i'm sure they had it in the original right in the 58 and it's great because there's people running around they're getting smacked like silly putty and they're just fucking just blob destruction everywhere and then shawnee smith figures out how to save the day you know what is the thing that stops the blob? what is the blob not like ice exactly cold so she goes and gets an ice truck where the fuck did the ice truck come from dude it's a small town they got ice trucks. i got ice trucks i guess maybe kevy dilly got it they got trucks full of ice you know meth that's for damn sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll tell you what the lesser dylan looked like he could have been producing ice on his motorbike there yeah he did you see that fucking mullet a best western but the, what's great about this, it is like a woman's empowerment movie. It is. Because when you get to the end, you realize the hero the whole time has been Shawnee Smith. Right. Just dripping wet, head to toe with a machine gun, fucking up the blob. It makes you really acknowledge your implicit sexism. <laughs> Internal implicit sexism. I mean, they still had a couple scenes where Kevin Dillon had to save her. Mm-hmm. But still, like other than that, like they really made a good point. Like She was the fucking hero. And when you look back to the beginning of the movie, like all the scenes introducing Paul... As the fucking hero, they were really introducing her. Right. Because she was in those scenes the whole time. She's the motherfucking hero. Challenging status quos. Shawnee, you're my hero. I love you, Shawnee Smith. Let's hang out in some sewer water. Okay. (laughs) Um, Let's not give away the last twist. How about that? Okay. I think that's a good compromise. Because that last twist, again didn't have to happen but it did and it was fucking the beautiful cherry on top and i don't want to ruin that for the people. very very last twist yeah yeah because uh, if you haven't seen it what just you should have turned it. us off like a long time just ago watch it so this movie has everything it has well-written characters yep it has great character chemistry yeah the writing spectacular the 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 characterizations for like a a, a pastiche is that a word of like 50s characters like mm-hmm. they did it very well like small town characters yep dad's a but, pharmacist but still not one dimensional yeah yeah um amazing practical effects it takes risks it challenges the status quo um the music the sound design it's scary all that pacing's perfect fun creative ideas that they didn't have to do it's a quick 130 120 minutes it's, it's wait 90 minutes it's a quick hour and a half all these wonderful things and it's a remake. Yeah. You know, the 80s were great for remakes from the 50s. What have we mentioned the whole time? The fucking thing. The fly, the blob, the thing, yeah. invasion of the body Invasion Snatchers. of the body and that was the late That's 70s, it. right? Those are the four. They are like the quintessential. Those are like the, 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 the jewels in the crown of 80s horror remakes. If any listeners have suggestions that could be added to that list, yeah. please let me know. Let us know. But those are the ones that come to mind. Um, but yeah, seriously, if you know any good, legitimately good remakes that I've probably never seen, let me know. Okay, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Pinball Bobby. You can follow Adam on Instagram at Von Arndt13. Um, 
You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Not For Everyone Podcast. Uh, keep hashtag ask not for everyone questions coming our way because it's fun. We got more. Thanks to Lee for this week's. Thanks, buddy. We got more coming up. Send us a send us a question. Send us a review. Uh huh. A rate us on iTunes. A review of us. Subscribe. Tell us why this show is not worth we listening need to raw, after you listen. To raw it. constructive feedback. Yeah, yeah. Do that. Be re- take it really. Make it really personal. You know, like yeah. really assault our um just our character. Yeah, yeah. Who we are as people. Well, I'm gonna go make a sandwich. Do you have bread? Um, no, no. So, uh, so I'm thinking. Um, we really need to start. Beware of the blob. It creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor. I through the door and all around the wall. A splotch, a blotch. Be careful of the blob. Beware of the blob.